it's like they always say in hockey, you can't blow a two-goal lead if you never led by two to begin with. But at least if you lead by one, you got a better chance of winning that game, as evidence of the Vegas Golden Knights getting back in the win column last night. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com, site manager for SB Nation's Nights on Ice. Happy Wednesday to you. Happy hump day. Happy whatever the heck term you want to use to frame this day. But we can all agree on one thing. The Golden Knights finally got a victory, a 2-1 to victory last night against the Columbus Blue Jackets, their first ever victory at Nationwide Arena. And the Golden Knights are now 9-5-2 on the season. We will break down this game momentarily, but first, the usual housekeeping items. If this is the first time that you've stumbled upon this podcast, welcome. And if this is not the first time you've stumbled upon this podcast, I'm pretty sure you're getting tired of me saying this. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm itching to think that we have new people coming to the podcast every day, whether they just decided to click here, click there, and hope, hope to God it actually is what they're looking for. But you know what? If this is the first time you're hearing my voice, welcome. Uh, this is a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights, Monday through Friday, sometimes on the weekend, depending on how the game schedule looks. Uh, this weekend, we might actually have to venture into doing a weekend podcast, depending on the situation. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We are more than likely on that forum. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at LockdownVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. And if you would be so kind as to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, if you are on that forum, uh, please feel free to do so. Any and all of the feedback and the ratings are to make this podcast better. Uh, any feedback that you all may have is tailored to making me a better host to be a better podcaster. So please feel free to do that. Please feel free to leave your feedback on the Twitter as well. Uh, you can, again, tweet at the show's page, tweet at me, whatever you, whatever tickles your fancy. you know. And maybe if you feel like sending an email because you have a long, drawn-out uh, response to whatever it is I'm saying that takes more than 280 characters, you can also do that, LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. So we were talking about this the last couple of days, the importance of this upcoming road trip for the Vegas Golden Knights after the last two home games really went sour, having a two-goal lead against Montreal, a two-goal lead against Winnipeg, and Vegas blew both of those games. And the biggest question coming into this road trip, especially this first game against Columbus, a team that really has not gotten off to a... Uh, or it really hasn't been on a uh, string of success for the last week or so, is how would Vegas respond against a team that they should beat? And, you know, this is the question that we were asking ourselves last week. Montreal is a team they should have beaten. Winnipeg, given the situation they were in 24 hours prior when they saw 53 shots against San Jose, that was a team, realistically, that Vegas should beat. Going into this one, after those two losses, starting a four-game road trip on the East Coast, how would Vegas respond? Well, Vegas played one hell of a game, and it mostly resulted because the Golden Knights did, in fact, shake things up. The one thing that I was clamoring for on Monday, uh, would the Golden Knights shake things up? Would they shake up the lineup? And indeed, they did. Now, part of it was because... Alex Tuck was not playing in this game, and Tuck, uh, his status for the rest of this uh, road trip is uh, to be determined. Uh, but most of these moves, or most of the uh, lineup shaking, was due to the fact that Tuck was not playing. 
But uh, Tomas Nosek moved up to the third line. Uh, Nicholas Waugh centered the fourth line with William Carrier and Ryan Reeves. But the biggest one of the night, and I and I think I'm still shocked. I think everybody is still shocked at this. Nick Haig in the lineup over Derek Englund. And not only that, the third pairing was Nick Haig and Shea Theodore. So Gerard Gallant keeping his faith in the pairing of Nick Holden and John Merrill, that pairing's for for the for the better part of what, about five, six games that they played together, maybe a little bit more, they played really well. Gerard Gallant deciding to keep that pairing together, keep McNabb and Schmidt together, and really putting Haig and Theodore together, two offensive-minded defensemen, very capable of scoring, and basically relying on Theodore's ability and his increasing uh, responsibility to play defense to basically help the rookie defenseman out. Turns out that was a great move. That was a fantastic move. The The pairing of Theodore and Haig were fantastic. Uh, the defense all night was pretty solid. I know that there were a couple of chances where the Blue Jackets had a chance to tie the game late, but it didn't happen. The Golden Knights played sound defense. Marc-Andre Fleury with a very solid 29 save performance in his first start since suffering from the flu. Uh, Flower comes back, makes 29 saves. Riley Smith scores both goals. And we will definitely discuss Riley Smith's impact on this team in a little bit. Riley Smith scores both goals, the first one coming at 19-15 of the first period. A really an ugly goal, but you know what? You take it any way you can. uh, Smith fired the puck at the net from the sh- from the from the short side and uh, beat Corpusalo for the goal. Now, obviously, this was challenged because uh, Jonathan Marchessault might have been off sides. It was a very close call. Apparently, not enough of a call to overturn it. So Vegas got the one nothing lead in the second period at five thirty seven. Boone Jenner off a uh, a rather ruckus uh, environment in front of the net, which started with a flurry poke check. Holden blocking a shot. And then Jenner, third time's a charm, beat Flurry top shelf to tie it at one. And then less, almost two minutes later, shorthanded Riley Smith and William Carlson teaming up for another goal. Smith's ninth goal of the season. William Carlson with the assist, his 12th of the season, his 200th point in the National Hockey League. And the Golden Knights needed this win as about about as badly as one could get need a win and they were able to do that it wasn't the prettiest win now I, i'm not saying that this is going to uh i'm not saying that this is going to jump start them what on a, on a winning streak but they are on a on a, a four game point streak now at 2-0-2 um but they got the job done and that's really the whole thing with the golden knights over the last number of you know last number of weeks Get the job done. Finish the job. Or as the World Series champion Washington Nationals would say, finish the fight. And that's all the Golden Knights have needed to do. If they had finished the job, we'd be talking about them on a four-game win streak right now, not a four-game point streak. So the Golden Knights were able to finish the job. They got great goaltending as normal um, from Marc-Andre Fleury. 
They were able to play sound defense. The the Hague Theodore pairing, as we mentioned at the top, was fantastic. And just overall, the Golden Knights played a very solid game. Nothing too crazy. Nothing out of the ordinary. It worked for them. And the Golden Knights, as a result, are winners for the first time in three games. How easy does that sound? To just do the simplest of things. And all of a sudden, everything just goes right if you're the Vegas Golden Knights. That's all you needed to do. Just play a simple game. Keep playing your game for a full 60 minutes. And that's what the Golden Knights did on last night. Is that they played a solid game for 60 minutes. And the penalty kill was fantastic, going four for four. Now, obviously, one of the big talks about the penalty kill was Derek Englund's absence meant... That, that, that somebody else on the defense would have to step up. And it would be Schmidt and McNabb taking part in the PK. And Holden and Merrill were also taking part in the PK. Uh, those guys did a fantastic job. And I get Columbus's power play isn't the greatest. I think they were like 25th coming into the game. So it's not like they were the, uh, they were the best power play in the league. But to stop them on four tries, and when, even when you commit four penalties, without Derek Anglin back there, I think is a huge victory in that of itself. Uh, we will talk a little bit more about this game in a little bit. But first, you know, I'm getting kind of hungry. Maybe maybe I need to go order some food. Uh, DoorDash is there for you. Treat yourself to the meal that you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKED. On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, to get $5 off your first order of 15 or more with DoorDash. So before we go into what I originally wanted to talk about, I did have to do a double take because Nick Haig played only 12.02. <laughs> he played only 12.02. Shay Theodore played, I think, about a little bit over 18 minutes. Uh, but in those 12 minutes, he looked solid. And I think that... Uh, I would be uh, rather shocked if that pairing was not a thing on Thursday against Toronto. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about Toronto uh, later on. But I think, you know what? If it ain't broke, they'll fix it. They got two goals. They only allowed one. The defense was sound, and it was all because Derek England wasn't in the lineup. Take that for what you will. So we we talk about this team and the top-notch talent that it has. And the top six, obviously, being the guys that we talk about the most. Stone, Stasny, Pacioretty. Carlson is off to a ridiculous start now with those two assists. He's only two points off the clubhouse lead of Mark Stone. William Carlson is on pace to score more points this season than he did the entire year one when he scored 43 goals. And he may not even get 43 goals. He might you know, come close to 30 at this rate, but he's on pace to obliterate his uh, NHL career high. He's having a fantastic season. The one guy that I think is flying under the radar, and he tends to do this, he tends to go into stints where he just has a great you know, few weeks and he's looking as good as any player in the league. Kind of tails off for a little bit, but then you, when you need Riley Smith... He is always there to make a big play for you. Two goals tonight for Smith gives him nine on the year, 13 points. 
Riley Smith has turned into a goal-scoring savant for the Golden Knights, which is something that I don't think a lot of people anticipated uh, when this season began, because usually Riley Smith tends to turn it on in February and March, and that was the same case last year. There was a stint, I believe, after the deadline where he just went on a tear. I think he was scoring goals left and right in like late February, early March, mid-March, and he was just on a tear. Right now, I think it's fair to say that Riley Smith has been the best player. Actually, let me let me backtrack here. Riley Smith has been the MVP. I think it's fair to say about that. Now, Mark Stone is the best player on the Golden Knights, or the best skater at least. There's no denying that. Stone is the guy that is the big money man. He leads the team in points, so he's obviously going to get the accolades that are well-deserved to this point. Riley Smith is having himself one hell of a start, and he is the... If Jonathan Marchessault could get some goals going, that line would be reminiscent of year one because William Carlson is passing at an absurd rate. Riley Smith has become an absurd playmaker. Those two are really carrying, I don't want to call it slack because Jonathan Marchessault does not slack at at all. I've never seen 81 take a shift off. I've never seen 81 just decide, I'm going to hone it in for the game. He doesn't do that. He The goals are going to come for Marshall. He's he's hit a lot of posts. He's it, The puck is going a little bit wide on some of his shots. I have no doubt that Marshall is going to get his when the time comes. But for right now, the fact that Carlson and Smith are playing as well as they are And the fact that Carlson isn't scoring as much and Riley Smith has taken over that goal scoring, I think that is probably the most important thing about this top six right now. Because think about it from an all-aspect standpoint. Mark Stone, the bulk of his scoring has really come on the power play, if you think about it. He hasn't really done much at five-on-five. That line, the Stasny line is still dangerous at five-on-five. Even if the goals aren't coming, they're still a lethal unit. Pacioretty hasn't even scored that many goals. I think now he's up to three on the year, but he's passing. His passing has been so good. His assist numbers, I I believe he's already in double digits in assists. He's already having a really great season, and if he can start scoring, that's going to start turning it around for Vegas. I, I am of the mindset that Vegas is just probably one of the best passing teams in the Western Conference. I don't want to say like the league because I know that there are teams in the East that are ridiculous when it comes to playmaking and passing and all that jazz. But you look at Vegas and just they're getting contributions from everybody on the ice. They're getting contributions from really everybody. I mean, look at Stone again, 18, 18 points. Uh, Carlson, 16 points. Smith with 13. Pacioretty has 10 assists. Marchessault has 7 assists. So even Marchessault, who is not really scoring that much, is still finding ways to be involved and still finding ways to make plays for those around him. And then 
you have to figure out, you have to figure in the context of when the third line gets healthy again, when Alex Tuck finally gets back on the ice again, that third line is going to be better. We've seen flashes of what that third line can be with Alex Tuck. And we've seen in flashes when you have that top nine that's just willing to pass just how good they can be. Riley Smith has been, Riley Smith is known for the assists. He's always been known as a playmaker as far as getting guys to, uh, getting the puck to those guys and letting them score. And that's what has made Carlson such a great scorer. That's what's made Marcia so dangerous on the left side is because Smith can just, you know, fire to him and he's able to, you know, connect on one timers and this, that nature right now that's not happening. So Riley Smith has decided to take on the scoring load and it's worked. It has worked nine goals on the year. Riley Smith is a plus five. How about that? Plus five, a plus seven for Carlson. Those guys are just ridiculous. But the other thing about this is Riley Smith's shooting percentage is 21.4. So when he's getting these opportunities, he's cashing in. And that is a good sign. When the guy who is not even your primary goal scorer is making all the plays. And it's not even just five on five that Smith is doing. He had the five on five goal at at the end of the first period to give Vegas a one nothing lead, but it's the PK. It's the power play. It's the shorthand. It's the, the fact that he has two of the five Vegas shorthanded goals this year. I, I always, I always make the joke. It's PK professor, uh, Riley Smith. He's just open class classes in session. For PK one hundred and one, now the power, the shorthanded uh, goal from Vegas tonight started off with a great play by Nick Holden, who was able to uh, read the pass, intercept it, and start the rush with Carlson and uh, and Smith. And Carlson patience, patience, patience makes the great pass to Smith, and he scores the goal. Vegas has the lead. It's those little things. That just make those two especially, but especially Riley Smith, so dangerous. He's one of those guys, when you watch him, he's so patient and he's very calm. He's got a calm demeanor about him. Even when he's being aggressive on the forecheck, it just seems like Smith already knows who's by him, who's who's beside him, who can he make the play to. He reads the situation so well that when he does read that situation... If he's got a chance to score, he's going to take it. If he sees somebody on his right, he's going to pass it off to him. If he sees somebody on the left, he's going to pass it off to him. He is so good and so underrated about finding the right play when it happens. And you saw that tonight where that shorthanded goal was a perfect example because patient, patient, patient. And you can tell... As Carlson's on his right, there's a you have to have communication, I think, on a two-on-one. I think that's very, very fair to say. You need to have communication when you have a two-on-one, whether it be shorthanded or in the power play or at a five-on-five. When you have the odd man rush in your favor, you need to have some sort of communication. And not only with those two playing together for now three years and playing on the line for the last, you know, now three years, 
you know that if Carlson is going to get the puck to him, it's just wait, wait, wait. And a lot of that probably has to come from Riley Smith saying, don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. And there's got to be like some subtle signal that goes, okay, now. And then he pa- and then he fires it past Corpusalo, scores the goal. It's those things. It's those things that make Riley Smith so valuable. They makes him so valuable on the PK, makes him valuable on that line. And if Carlson and Marcheseau can start scoring again in terms of the goal scoring department, if Smith keeps this up, that line is going to be beyond lethal. We're, we're, we are literally on our way back to year one status with those three at this current juncture. Because the Stasny line continues to take the pressure off those guys. You know, it, it, it may not be, it may not show up every game, but they are taking the pressure off those guys every single game. And if they can keep that up for a full 82 game season and into the playoffs, you do not want that line to get going. I know we talk about the Stasny line being the top line, and I still believe that they're the top line, but. You do not want to get that line going. And then when the Stasny line eventually gets it going, that's a top six that not a lot of teams can rival. It's just Riley Smith makes everybody better. And he's making that line better, and that line is clicking right now. And again, Marshall doesn't have a lot of points right now. Give it time, though. Give it time. He's getting his chances. He's going to cash in on some of them. But right now, he's becoming a very good playmaker. Carlson, we know he's becoming one of the best playmakers in the National Hockey League. And Riley Smith is just scoring goals. All he does is score goals. And it works. If he keeps that up, I, I, I can only imagine what that top six is going to look like come playoff time. And I don't think that a lot of people would want to know what that top six is capable come playoff time. Now, obviously, they're not going to be the end-all, be-all as to why Vegas does or does not win the Cup this year. But, man, if Smith keeps this up, if Smith keeps this up, watch out. That, that, would, be, that would be my assumption there. So the Golden Knights will uh, continue this road trip on Thursday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Toronto got, uh, I believe it was a three, one victory today against the Los Angeles Kings and good timing. I guess if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, because John Tavares is back, uh, John Tavares, the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, made his return after missing, uh, God, I want to say four weeks with a broken finger. He returned and the Maple Leafs dispatched of the Kings. Then again, who is not dispatching of the Kings uh, nowadays? Uh, Alex Kerfoot scored Austin Matthews. We have, you got to account for Austin Matthews and William Nylander with a uh, two point night with a goal and an assist to propel Toronto to a 3 1 victory. Now, this is going to be this is going to be a very interesting game. Because part of me thinks that if you're the Golden Knights, you should be able to somehow build off that momentum that you had on Tuesday. You should be able to go into Toronto and play a spirited game. You should be able to. Marc-Andre Fleury, with four days off, showed that he needed the rest. Obviously, you know you have the flu, you need the rest, but you get what I mean. 
He has four days off, comes back, stops 29 of 30, and they get the victory. You're going to need that kind of spirited play from Flurry again when you go into Toronto. The defense is going to have to play another sound 60 minutes if you want to beat Toronto. They've never beaten Toronto in Toronto so far. They're 0-2. So here's my thinking. We talked about this on Monday, or we talked about this on Tuesday, I should say, where I believe a reasonable expectation for Vegas would be to get four out of eight points. If you get five, that is a successful road trip, I feel. But how much of that can you take, how much of the momentum can you take after what you accomplished on Tuesday in Columbus? How much can you take of that and go to Toronto? Now, Toronto has been kind of him-haw so far. They're not blowing the world by storm. I mean, they're just there, I feel, at this point. But they're still lethal. They still have top talent that can take over a game at any point. And if you're Vegas, you need to be very aware of everybody on the ice. And that means Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, Riley. Those guys can take over a game at any point. And if the Golden Knights allow two goals in the first period, it might get ugly going forward. So the Golden Knights need to play a sound defensive game. They have got to be ready for whatever onslaught may come. Because if you think back to when Toronto came to Vegas last year, Toronto just ran them out of the gym. And it was a dominant performance by Austin Matthews. That team is very good. Vegas is going to need to be at its best if they want to get this victory. And you know what? We're looking for wins that could define an early part of the season. The Golden Knights really don't have that win right now where you can look and say, that, that's a win I could point to and look at momentum going forward. The Golden Knights don't have that yet. A win in Toronto, I believe, would do it. And the only way you were going to win in Toronto was if you beat Columbus. Now, obviously, I said... I said yesterday, it's a game you're expected to win. But even if Vegas doesn't win, they still got another chance to get a win either Saturday or Sunday against Washington, which may be a stretch, but you should be able to beat Detroit the following night. Toronto would be that season-defining victory, at least to this point. And then if you can go into Washington and win that one, then oh, that, all bets are off at that point. But Toronto would be the early game of this season where I can point to this and go, if the Golden Knights are able to string a winning streak together and to continue this point streak that they're on, this would be the game that I would point to. If they lose, well, let's forget everything that I just said because that, that, will, that would greatly work. So the Golden Knights are in a position to get a big two points in Toronto. Can they do it? Absolutely, they can. I think if they can get this uh, reinvigorating lineup that they got going right now, and if Alex Tuck comes back, let's not rule this out. Alex Tuck is apparently still going to travel with the team at some point. If he comes back for the Toronto game, that's a game changer, and that might give Vegas the edge. I won't say that that's going to happen, but and again, I said the other day, I wouldn't be shocked if Tuck didn't return on the road trip. But I, if he does come back, excuse me, if he does come back for that game, 
then that's a game changer. And that's going to, that's going to give Vegas a, a good chance to win this game. I don't have a prediction for that game. I maybe we'll, uh, we'll evaluate it on Thursday's show to kind of figure out what, what do I think about, uh, this game. But I think Vegas needed to win tonight. They did. And they needed this win to kind of at least get the sour taste of losing out of their mouth. They needed to get the last two games out of their mouth. And they did. They did. Now it's about sustaining it. And this is the other thing that's been the issue for Vegas. When they've gotten wins, they haven't been able to sustain it. They haven't been able to get one win and go, okay, we can take this win, put it in the bank, and keep it going. They haven't been able to do that. This is the time where if you're going to get a win, try and bank another one. Try and bank another one. If you can string two or three, which Vegas has really had a difficult time doing, then I think you can feel a little bit better about yourself coming back home before you take on Chicago next Wednesday. So a big game for the Golden Knights tomorrow against the Maple Leafs. We'll kind of break it down a little bit more uh, leading into Thursday's show. But again, good win for the Golden Knights. They had to win this game. They should have won this game. They did. They didn't go into overtime. They didn't blow a lead. Everything was really everything you could have asked for in this game happened for the Golden Knights, and they were able to win the game. So we will be back tomorrow to kind of break down the Toronto matchup a little bit more, and we will kind of evaluate where the Golden Knights are to this point. Uh, we're coming up on the 20 game mark. It's crazy we're coming up on the 20 game mark. What is it? We're, they're 9-5-2. and two. We're 16 games in. We're almost to 20 games. This season, this year is gone by fast. We're already toward the end of 2019. I'm already listening to Christmas music. This is a weird, weird time, man. This is a weird time right now. Christmas music's playing. Christmas decorations are up. Christmas lights are, you know, not everywhere, but they're starting to pop up. People are already planning their Black Friday shopping. People are already planning for Thanksgiving and whatnot. And I'm just sitting here going, what the hell hockey season just started? What the hell am I doing talking about all these holidays? That that That's literally me right now. So we'll be back tomorrow, guys. Thank you all for listening. Uh, and now you can go ponder why in the world it's getting dark at four o'clock. Um, no, no I, I was I was making the joke with my wife earlier because we were eating dinner, uh, watching the game. And I, I made the joke. I was like, I, we were putting dinner away and I looked at the clock and it said 5.55 and it, it was during the second intermission. And I was like, there is no way in hell it's already 5.55. And then we walked to take our dog out and I'm like, it feels nine, like 9 o'clock already. It's pitch black. Second intermission is here and it's, already, it's only 6 o'clock. Daylight savings time. You, mm, I love you for the extra sleep. But you're throwing me off already, and it's not even mid-November yet. Well, actually, no, it's not even mid-November. See, it, now it's throwing me off on the dates. I'm going to end this before I start losing all uh, comprehension of the time-space continuum. So thank you guys for listening to this latest episode of Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We will see you tomorrow. I am Danny Webster. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll let the music play us out. Have a good one, guys. Ooh.